change. Well, let's be honest. We typically don't like change. There are some changes we do embrace, you know, like when a Christmas Christmas present that replaces something that's old and worn out. But there's a lot of change that just feels disruptive to our well-ordered lives. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. So, Chris, let's talk about change. I just thought of one of my favorite deacon jokes. Can I tell a deacon joke? How many, how many deacons, how many Baptist deacons does it take to change a light bulb? And the response is, change? What do you mean, change? <laughs> well, we're not, of course, you know, we laugh, but we're not talking with this. We're talking about any change in this Bible study. We're talking about those changes that might that God might bring into our lives. So one thing we're bringing into this conversation is Nick Person is joining us. Nick is the writer of this study called Putting Fear in Its Place. Nick, thank you for taking the time to meet with Chris and myself. Well, I'm honored to be here, guys. I love hanging out with you guys. I love talking through and I love, you know, people listening, new people listening and engaging with the text and the Bible study. And so I am always honored to be here. And besides, it's Christmas. I mean, who doesn't love, who wouldn't want to be a part of the Christmas message, right? And so I'm excited to be here. Before we go any further, you're going to have to tell these folks what you told us earlier about um, your your mother-in-law uh, seeing one of your Bible studies in print and being in a Bible study class. Yes. Yes. She was sitting in class and I think a friend of hers says, isn't your son-in-law Nick Person? And so she's like, yeah. She's like, he wrote this one. And uh, she called me or texted me and was like, hey, did you write a Bible study? I said, yeah. And she was so excited. She's like, are you going to, will you sign it for me? I'm like, Julie, you don't want, you know, I love you. I'll give you a hug. Um, but it was so funny. And I think it just reminded me that, man, God's word is just moving and active. And, and it just, I was like, I know people were reading this, but it hit close to home. So it was just really, really cool. That's something that the Lord has been teaching me and revealing to me. Uh, he's using to teach others as well and encourage them. So it was just really kind of cool. Um, and I, but I wanted to remind my uh, mother-in-law that I was not a celebrity <laughs> by any means or stretch of the imagination. So, uh, <laughs> hey, if you're a celebrity in so. a mother-in-law's eyes, you're that's that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. So just, okay, I'll just receive it. I'll receive embrace it. that. Uh, hey, if you weren't with us for the last time we had a podcast with Nick, uh, just let me tell you that Nick is the teaching pastor at New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Great preacher. And if you've looked at the personal study guide material, you know he is a great writer to really help us to tackle this topic of putting fear in its place. We have talked about the fact that uh, this this is our Christmas. Actually, Christmas Day is when um, this, this study um, is suggested for people to use. And one of the changes that we have seen uh, in churches and culture is how churches do do church uh, when uh, uh, Christmas Day is on Sunday. So I was wondering, Nick, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are going to do at uh, New Vision? Yeah, so at New Vision on Christmas Eve, we're going to have four services, 1230, 2, 330, and 5. We're going to engage our community, you know, invite everyone, and we're going to go all in. We're going to talk about this beautiful story that changed the world. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to have service, but it's going to be via online. We're going to have a couple of songs. We're going to have a Christmas message, a welcome, a closing, but it's going to be all 
being able to be streamed right where you are. As you are sitting with your family, the goal is to invite them to partake in the Christmas message and in, in, in church with your at your home. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a little different. And honestly, what's crazy is as we all navigated COVID, which, you know, we all had no idea what we were doing. I think I think the Lord, as he always does, will take these things that we would never expect him to be able to leverage and use for good. Like he was able through COVID to teach us, hey, how do we do church when we can't do church the normal way? And so really, we learned a lot through that process. And so that allows us on Christmas Day to try some of the things that we've learned. Yes, we're going to go all in on Christmas Eve, but we're going to do it online on Christmas Day. So that's something we're learning. I appreciate that. I'm I'm in a church plant and uh, we're going to have a Christmas Eve service, just one. And and we're going to have Christmas service the next day. Just, uh, you know, for us, uh, uh, I think um, it's it's his day. So, you know, for uh, a smaller congregation, it makes sense that we're just going to go ahead um, and meet and just do things normal. uh, and again, there's going to be a lot of different, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do this. And um, I, no. my hope is that people will embrace this, but Lynn and I laugh and talk a lot about uh, some holidays when we go, well, this is the Labor Day lesson and nobody's going to be there. Or this is the Memorial Day lesson. This is 4th of July. And uh, so we know that Christmas will be a little different, but um so the benefit of a podcast, though, is that this is something that a group leader can share with his group. He can encourage them to listen to this so that they would have the opportunity to, to connect if maybe they're, they're not doing Sunday school this morning. If your group's not meeting, still encourage everyone in your group to read the personal study guide text. You may not be getting together to talk about it, but you can still be blessed and enriched by what Nick has written about as we look at the the, the Christmas narrative in Luke, because uh, we're to, uh, I hate for you to just to skip over this one important element of putting fear in its place. This idea that God desired, we're going to see God's desire to work through Mary was no cause for her to fear. And that's true for us as well. So encourage people to read this, it, even if they're uh, if they're traveling, if you're you're, you're just having a, a worship service that day. Encourage them to keep with this study because this is a rich, uh, some rich content that Nick has provided us. Well, and, and Lynn, uh, I'm gonna I want to give you some credit for uh, for this study because um, essentially it was this passage out of Luke one. And, and Mary's response to an angel showing up and telling her, fear not, that caused you, uh, inspired you to develop this whole series of lessons so that we've had three weeks of talking about what the fear of God is and what a healthy fear uh, is and how we can overcome fear in our lives and then see how Mary does that in the Christmas story. So I appreciate your insight and inspiration in this. Oh, shucks. Thank you, Chris. Well, uh, I do want us to get into Luke chapter one and to, to see where Mary's encounter with the angel. But I want to remind you this, because we, we, we don't want to just read the story. So, oh, it's a nice story. God wants us to learn from this about him, about certainly about Christ, but also how he wants to work in our lives as well. So as we look at how the angel and Mary's response to the angel, I want us to see too that God has a desire to work through us 
And that's no cause for us to be afraid. Let me pick up in verse 26 of Luke 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. So I, I love this story. I love that uh, the, the prominence of the angel Gabriel uh, in this story, we see him early in Luke 1, where he comes to Zechariah and uh, tells him uh, that uh, he is he and his wife. And this is, this is an older senior adult couple who has never had a, a, a child that uh, God is going to has heard their prayers and is going to give them a child. And uh, uh, Zechariah's uh, like what? How can this be? Um, and, and question uh, the angel, essentially. And, uh, and Gabriel's response is, hey, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. <laughs> One of the great lines in the Bible. I love it. Well, and it's like Gabriel is reminding something that Zachariah already knew. You know what I mean? Like He's like, what? You, I am not UPS. I am not the United Parcel Service, right? I am a messenger of the most high God. Like you why don't doubt what I'm saying. Like, this is a message straight from the King. And so you, and I'm Gabriel. So just listen, you know, listen to me, take this to heart. Don't argue. God's going to do something. I know it's out of the ordinary, but he's kind of, he kind of thrives in those situations of things that are out of the ordinary. He does some of his best work. So it's going to be okay. Well, Chris, you have pointed this out in our conversations before, but you know, whenever an angel appears, it, it you know, it's always there's fear. It's, uh, it's typically that the response from people, the humans, is fear, and I'm sure I would be that way too. Uh, but Mary, at least we, we he's going to tell her in the next section about don't be afraid. And what we hear here is it's just, but she's she is troubled by the situation, by the state, by the statement. Doesn't say so much by the angel, but by the statement, like. What kind of greeting is this to call me favored woman? The Lord is with you. Okay, so we need to um, to be sure that we talk about the significance of of the word virgin in this passage. Um, that and and we need to give some background to this whole um, what it meant for her to be engaged to Joseph. Um, uh, we. We deal with this passage or, and passages like this uh, on a regular, sometimes annual basis, um, but it's an important truth to know that uh, in this text, uh, it it means, ex- and you did a good job with this, Nick, it, it, virgin means virgin. <laughs> that becomes even more clear as we go forward. Uh, but uh, it's important for us to understand the miraculous dynamic um, of the, of the birth of Jesus. It is a significant doctrine. Yeah, it is. It is like, and also this is fulfilling prophecy as well. Like God, God does it all the way. Every detail he said, he keeps every single promise and does it exactly how he said he's going to do it. And you see this through the evidence of this virgin birth with Mary. Like, this has been prophesied in exactly the way 
that he said he was going to do it. God keeps his word. And I love that. When you come to verse 30, the angel, so Mary's troubled by, she just understand the statement. But when you come to verse 30, then the angel told her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. This is not your typical birth announcement. <laughs> that's, that's a good word. No, 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 it is not. Like this is most, most people are going to a 14 year old and telling her that she's going to have the Messiah, the promised Messiah. And that, because you have to think this news for a teenage Jewish girl was like, um, you're what? Say again. What'd you just say? Like we're doing what? And because this is, this is life changing, right? I mean, and think about it. I think about all the things being in the ministry of all of the unexpected diagnosis or news or things like that, that people hear. Right. And we're going, God, what are you doing? But as you walk that journey and you can look back and see, man, God, I see what you were really doing. You were revealing yourself through this, what we thought was this hiccup in a plan, but you're going to leverage this hiccup for your glory. And you're not, you, you, you know what you're doing. And with Mary, I'm sure she was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to have a child. He's Messiah. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and either one of those statements by themselves would have been a significant wow moment. You're a virgin. You're going to have a child. Okay. Wow. But then on top of that, this is not just any child. So one of the questions that we ask is what causes us uh, to sometimes fear God's plans for us? And um, especially when we compare ourselves to Mary, we have no reason to fear. But sometimes that's our response. Yes. And the reality is, uh, and Chris uh, and, and Nick hit this early on, uh, about time, we don't like change. Uh, the reality is we're in our little comfort zone. Things are going the way they're going. And I'm sure it was that way for Mary. Here she was, this young teenage girl. She was uh, betrothed. She was viewed in the eyes of the culture as being married to Joseph, even though they weren't living together. She had her life kind of planned out. You know, and I, I'm sure she was a typical teenage girl in that sense. You know, they have these plans and everything's going to be this. We're going to do this and that. And all of a sudden, in this moment's notice, all that just changed. We do fear plans because it, it, it wasn't our plans. At least it wasn't on our radar at that moment. It, has, it wasn't the way we drew it out. We thought on this day at this moment, we're going to be doing this, which is going to lead to this and going to lead to this. And the thing that I'm continuing to learn is, is that God doesn't abide by my plan. Like I, I want him, I want to give him my plan and I want to go, Hey God, go ahead and sign off on this. This is, looks really good. Like go ahead and sign off on this. And the Lord's like, uh, Nick, you're not the one writing it. Um, the author has the pencil and you're not it. I am. And you're like, Oh, okay. So it really is doing it your way. And, 
and, and, and nothing catches you off guard. And that's the thing. Like, God wasn't caught off guard by this moment. He knew how he was going to work this out. Mary was just be, being brought up to speed on what God was already up to. And it wasn't what she thought or expected, but she saw whose hand was in it and who was writing the story. And so that's going to lead her, which we're going to see a response later of going, well, I know who the author is and I know that he has been faithful and I know that he is good. And so he's trustworthy. And so, yeah, the we don't typically deal well with curves. We don't. We don't. And but hindsight is always a great tool. And, and, and being the the old guy in this conversation, just enough life experience. So when I look back, when I look backwards and say, OK, God, that change that happened here, I get it. I see it. And, you know, and I could see his plan A is far better than my plan B. Um, and just to, so when I get in those moments where there is a big change happening, it's helpful to look backwards. Okay, he took care of you here. His, play, his plans were better then. His plans will be better now. Good word. Good word. Here's another good word. This is from uh, Nick Person. Um, Even when we know God is behind the change, fear can still be present. So her, her an angel showing up and telling her these things was fear being her response was legit, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. All right, so this is where now Mary's going to ask the angel a question. Now, keep in mind, we, we referenced Zechariah and his question uh, in, in, uh, earlier in, in Luke 1. Mary's going to ask a question, too. How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? That's what a virgin is, by the way. <laughs> I think she ex explicitly states that, yes, she is a virgin, right? Yes. Well, yes. well said, Chris. Well said. <laughs> so you come to verse 35 and the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. But consider your relative Elizabeth, even as she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her when she, when, who, who, in her who was called childless. But nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, see, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you've said. And then the angel left her. What I'm intrigued by in this is that Mary asked a question of the angel the angel responds. Now, we're not studying the early part of Luke 1 with Zechariah, but it always catches my attention. Zechariah asked a question of the angel, and he kind of got his hand slapped. Her question is legit, okay? And one of the things we learned, I think, from this passage, that it, it is really okay to ask God, what are, what are you doing? What's going on here? It's okay to ask why. God, God can handle our questions, he, he's big enough. He, he knows us. He knows how we're made. And so I love his response to Mary. And I, I appreciate you, um, Lynn, showing the distinction between those questions between her and Zachariah. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's a different posture. Zachariah, how he responds is, uh, you going to do what? Right? <laughs> Mary, right? <laughs> Mary's is, hey, okay, I hear you, but I'm a virgin. Like, I had to sit through that class, you know, when I was a little deeper girl. And, you know, I know the birds and the bees. And so this is so outside of the box. How is this going to be? It wasn't this, you're going to do what? It was more of a, 
Oh, you're going to do what? How are you going to do this? Right. And it's just a different posture. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there was an, uh, there was an acceptance, but with the acceptance came the question, which is, I'm just curious. Okay. How, how are you going to do this? Yeah. I'm in, but the people go talk. What am I going to tell them? Right. I mean, and I wonder if yeah. in her mind, of course, uh, that in, in that inner dialogue in her head that she's thinking the her reputation what are the neighbors going to say you know because nazareth it's not a it's, it's a small community a village what's going to be what's joseph going to say what's going to be response but what does she tell the angel i am the lord's servant may it happen to me as you have said she may have had those questions in her head but there was still a willingness to step forward and do and abide by what god wants to do I don't know if you're ever reading God's word and you read it and you go, Ooh, I see where I am not. Right. I see, I see where I am not. Her response is beautiful. It is so beautiful because it just shows her trust in God and what he was doing. And she just goes, Hey, well, may it happen to me as you have said, let's do it. And I'm like, Whoa, that's so challenging to my heart because there've been so often the Lord has given me opportunity to trust him beyond myself, where this is not my response. My response is not, well, Lord, have your way, you know? And, and so I love this, but I also don't love it at the same time because it's convicting to my heart. This is that place in the Bible that uh, everybody in our church will go, listen, nothing's impossible with God. And I don't know that we always understand the context. The, the context of nothing is impossible with God is the virgin birth. Nothing is impossible. God can do anything. And I think almost everybody would say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. But do we? And, and it's, a, it's a powerful reminder to us of who God is and that he can do anything. Nothing is impossible with him. And, and we need to own that verse and think about the application for us personally, what this means for our church. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. Listen, I remember when New Vision... I remember when New Vision uh, was a relatively small church, okay? And um, th there were people who started that church that probably said, well, you know, we, could, we, we have 200 today. Isn't that great? And how, about how many people are going to worship on your four uh, or five uh, Christmas Eve services uh, this year? Yeah, between four and 5,000 people will be here. Listen. Nothing is impossible with God. And we need to own that statement and believe it and live it as the church. And let's grab onto that because it's easy to talk about that in terms of Mary and the virgin birth. Nothing's impossible. We could also tend to talk in terms of like church, growing a church. But I want us as individuals to take this to the individual level. That just as God had a desire to work through Mary, God has, has the desire to work through the church like New Vision. God has the desire to work through us as individuals. Nick, you made a great closing statement in the, in the application, your live it out section, last page of your study. There are areas within your church that are seeking others to get involved. Maybe you feel ill-prepared Ill or that your past has disqualified you. But let's keep in mind this truth, God's desire to work through you. Nothing is impossible with God. If God can do, bring about a virgin birth, God can work through you, working with children, with even working with teenagers. Nothing is impossible.
great application idea for to bring that home. Thanks. I mean, it's and again, do I believe that to be true? Not just you know in my head, not but practically, am I walking in that posture that I believe my God is the God of the impossible? And not just believing it for you, Lynn, or believing it for you, Chris, but believing in my own story that God is still the God of the impossible. That's sometimes the hardest part to apply it to your own life. Very true. Good conversation, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To you who are listening to our podcast, the faithful few, Merry Christmas. Thanks for being a part of our podcast. Nick, thank you for being with us. Thanks for writing this study and thanks for sharing with us on the podcast today. Man, love being here and Merry Christmas, everybody. And y'all all all have enjoy your Christmas and we will see you at our next podcast. Thanks. Mm